Hello and welcome to the LaSalle International Circuit here in Qatar. Under the night lights, we have just completed the first race of 2021. I'm Steve Day, joined by Simon Crafer. We'll be crossing live to Matt Burt in a moment with the top three on a night where Maverick Vinales has won the opening race of the season. And not just any win, Simon Crafer, perhaps the ride of his life. Stunning. And... Uh... All the management agreed after. Unreal. Um, you know, I can't help. I, I give Maverick a hard time occasionally yeah. because he doesn't realise his potential. Mm -hmm. And tonight he really did. He, uh, he played his cards perfectly, you know, and it was quite interesting. I'm sure we'll get into it um, as the show goes on. But it was like a, a chess match, you know, Ducati having a completely different race strategy than the Suzuki's and Yamaha's and, and a bit of a battle with those strategies. And Maverick uh, prevailed. Unreal. So often Maverick Vinales has been labelled the sort of the testing king. And, and often, Simon, we've been in a situation when we've come into a Sunday where he has been fastest on a Friday, on a Saturday, and you just don't quite know whether it's going to come together on a Sunday. But there was no doubting it today. And yet, as Lynn Jarvis said to you at the end of the race, Maverick, I think, on the opening lap was down to seventh or eighth. And at that point, you're thinking, well, it's not going to happen for him. But he was so aggressive. We were all thinking that, including Lynn Jarvis, because... Maverick is not normally a fighter, is mm. he? If he's got a clear track, he's the fastest guy. We've been saying that since testing. He's been the fastest guy on uh, average speed over, over a good run. And, uh, but when there's traffic and he has to fight and push his way through... Like this. He, but he did it. Tonight he did it, didn't put a foot wrong. Stunning ride, I've got to say that again. Amazing. Yeah. He can be really proud. Absolutely brilliant ride from Maverick Vinales and for Monster Energy Yamaha <laughs> as well across the line. Second place on the night was Joanne Zarco. Of course, ultimately speaking, I think some people would say jo Joanne Mir deserved to be there, but we'll get into that in a moment. For now, we'll call it as we see it. Joanne Zarco, brilliant ride, fastest Ducati on the night. Um, not many people would have perhaps predicted that. Obviously, Ducati really believe in him, you know, and he has... Uh rewarded their you know faith in him hasn't he you know and uh it, like he's been testing developing for them during you know he's taken over jack miller's old job basically and uh tonight to beat the factory boys fair and square is awesome you know well we've already mentioned it we think it's maverick vinyala's best ever ride in a moto gp race let's see whether he agrees as well matt burt is live now with the race winner on the opening night of the season maverick vinyala's over to you mate yeah, thanks very much, Steve. Yeah, our first MotoGP winner of 2021. Delighted to say, standing right in front of us, Maverick Vinales, inevitably with a big smile on his face. Maverick, from the outside, that looked like your best win in MotoGP of your career. Is that fair to say after tonight? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. For sure, I had many, many great races. But what I have to say is that I'm more happy to fight back to the riders than to win the race because usually we were struggling a lot to overtake. But yesterday, I, I thought I had the feeling I could overtake quite good and today we did it so overall I feel fantastic um, all the team did a great job and today we can be satisfied I mean uh, we cannot do better so this is very important and tomorrow we will try to improve because still for sure the competitors will be better next race going right back to the start of the race what was going through your mind when you saw four Ducatis just blitzing off the line Jorge Martin started 14th but was third into the first corner I mean there's there's not really much you can do about that is there Mm, 
this is only one thing we need to improve. This is the only word we know from this start. And it's something we are repeating and repeating, and I'm trying to start every, every practice to found uh, at least to be the, the, the Yamaha, the, the best Yamaha. Anyway, next, next race, we're going to try to make an improvement. It's very important. And for the rest of the season, for sure, Yamaha is working very hard to bring a device to start better. But, you know, <clears throat> the good point is that when I ride the bike, I feel the Yamaha is back. I mean, the, the potential I had in the Yamaha in the past is back, and this is very important. I don't know if it's the track or the condition or whatever, but I felt the, the powerful of, of Yamaha bike was there, and this is very important for us. The corner speed, the turning, and this is, this is very important for us to get it into the pocket because to fight back for the Suzuki or the other manufacturers, we need to have this kind of corner speed. Yeah, that sounds very promising, Mark. If you got some of the old feeling back on the on the factory Yamaha, what was going through your mind in terms of tactics and strategy in the race? Because you knew the Ducatis were going to start fast, and then <coughs> Pecco was able to lead for quite some distance. The pace dropped down to high 155s. What was going through your mind at that point? I mean, were you always confident that you had something left to attack and then move away at the front? Yeah, when I overtake uh, Jack, I did 154.6, and. Uh was the first time I pushed myself at the maximum on the race, and I said, I, I closed the gap a lot to the first guy, so stay calm, Maverick. Just overtake the riders, don't take uh, too much enthusiastic, don't burn the tire, you will have the, your opportunities. So as soon as I, I passed Peko, I just put the <laughs> maximum power on the bike, <laughs> and I did three, four laps on time attack, and then I was trying to control a little bit the tire, just in case Johan or Peko was coming at the end. But, you know, I felt good. I felt good on the bike. I felt a great potential, especially in the front tire. I felt really good. Um, not much to say, honestly. I mean, uh, we are back and this is the most important. Good to see you back, Maverick. I mean, just in terms of last year, I mean, you said, I think, pre-season it was the worst year of your Grand Prix career. So after everything that happened in 2020, to start in 2021 with a win and have that special feeling back with the bike, do you feel like you're going to be a strong championship contender this year? We will see. We will not take now that, like, we can be the, the guy to win the title. Honestly, uh, our plan is to be race by race, day by day, um, improve the bike. It is very important to improve in the second part of the championship because it will arrive the day that one track didn't, will not switch to us and in that track we need to be on the podium. So we need to keep improving the bike to be strong at the end of the, of the championship. Maverick, you're a husband now, a father-to-be, and yeah. our first MotoGP winner of 2021. <laughs> yeah. I don't think life really gets much better at the yeah. moment. Really Great blessed. to see you back on the top step of the podium, mate. Congratulations. Thank you. Really blessed. I'm really thankful for everything we have in our family. Great stuff, Thank Maverick. You. Back to you guys in the studio. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks to Maverick Vinales. Um, classy words as well to back up the performance, Simon. Not getting carried away either, and that's something that's really good to hear because he's really, really cleverly looking at this as a race by race. He came up with a really important point there about the end of the season. Um, and, and also something else, uh, Simon, he didn't just pack a punch in the race, but he just said there, he seemed to box clever as well, thinking constantly about when to push, when not to push. Yeah, the ride, as I've said, was already uh, amazing. Very, very good, clever, like you said, box clever. Um, yeah, it was like a chess match between the two styles you know the two race strategies but listening to maverick there i'm, I'm sure the, the the viewers will notice he seems to have not only confidence he's just won the race of course he has confidence but it seems more um in a well thought out 
direction, you know, his, his plans. And uh, instead of just going, yeah, you know, great, he really is thinking it out. And uh, he's got one more year experience. They've obviously uh, talked a lot on the team to help him realize his potential because Maverick's potential was huge. And, uh, I mean, I listened to him after testing and then, sorry, FP1-2 towards the end of yesterday, and then he said, we're already fast, it's going well, we've, we've adjusted the bike now to be able to brake better so we can overtake in the race. And uh, all of these things, it's brilliant. It's the first time I've heard Maverick talking like this. Really, really good. Uh, just g going on to uh, Peko Banyaya as well. Peko finishing third here today. In fact, we'll come back to Peko because we can see that we've got Joanne Zarco waiting. Uh, he was destined for a podium anyway. He thought it might have been third, but he got second on the line. A fantastic ride from the Frenchman, the satellite rider. Pramat Ducati's Joanne Zarco is live with Matt Burt. Yeah, Joanne, what a start to 2021. A top speed record on Saturday night. Top Ducati tonight. I'd say it was a, a top weekend all around for you. <laughs> Pretty good weekend, clearly. From the start, it was, uh, was nice to see uh, a good start and gain three positions from it. Then Peko was feeling comfortable, but me too. So that's why I, I used this opportunity and overtook Jack to, to follow Peko. I had to stay pretty focused, but I think it has been a key point during the race to, to stay behind him and uh, be fast and in the same time try to, to control the, the tyres until Vinales came. And, uh, and then I think it, he rise up the, the pace. I tried to follow him. It's been interesting, but I think from, from that, I had also many laps uh, staying second and getting some, some gap but uh, I think I use also a lot my tyres then I've been spinning a lot for the last two laps I did the maximum to, kept, uh, to keep Mir Johan Mir behind me and uh, he overtook me but thanks to the engine uh, I saved the second place again so so happy uh, first race here in Qatar second it's my first podium in Qatar uh, overall in all category so just from it uh, I'm so happy and uh, and I want to enjoy. What was the difference tonight between yourself and Maverick Vinales? Because like you say, you attacked Peko very, very quickly to see if you could go with Maverick. Was it just a matter that the Yamaha and him had the, the better rear grip at that stage of the race? Well, we have, with the Ducati, a huge advantage in the straight. And, uh, but what Vinales was pretty strong, he was able to gain many meters in uh, exit of corner, that then the time we get the power, we, it's a bit too late and uh, more we were doing laps more the difference while I was coming here so he did a great job because he has been pretty constant and he explained me also that he had to fight with Fabio so it has been a tough race for him but then with the constancy he could win and what about that last corner because Mia put up a really strong fight he just ran a little bit wide and then you were able to use that Ducati power to take second but you must have also been thinking about Peko behind you as well so talk about that last corner yeah I didn't know who is there, who is not there. Uh, I knew only Johan is there, but when he overtook me, I didn't know Peko was so close. So last break is pretty difficult. You expect no one will come in. And uh, fortunately, Mir went a bit wide. And then thanks to the acceleration, uh, I, I could get the, the podium.
Uh, moving forward, Joanne, this result must give you so much confidence and so much belief. You're in Pramac Racing for the first time. You're already on the podium, only one second tonight off the race win. You've got the latest spec, the Caddy, with a lot of factory support. Everything seems in place in 2021 for you to really take that next step and be fighting in this position every weekend. That will be the um, ideal um, target and uh, ideal season. But I think team and bike has the potential. So uh, as long as I can really give the right energy and, uh, and feel good on the bike, I have the chance to, to get these kind of races uh, every time. But I don't want to think about it too much because uh, then I can lose myself. Uh, that's why I'm already pretty confident with the team, with the bike, because I know when the bike, uh, you feel good on it, it's like unstoppable. Uh, we can go so fast. So I want to touch this, uh, this feeling almost all the time to, to enjoy a lot this season. Fantastic performance tonight, Joe. Maybe you can go one better next weekend. Congratulations. Back to you guys in the studio. Yeah, thanks to Joanne Zarco. Thanks, Matt, uh, as well. A brilliant performance from Joanne Zarco. Uh, Simon, in the past, Joanne Zarco, uh, on his day, we have, we, we've always known that he's got the talent and the speed to do something like this, but perhaps labelled a bit of a hard charger. He sees a gap, he goes for it. That's kind of been the modus operandi for, for Joanne Zarco, but, but not today. Quite a, a wise and sensible race. I, I'll be honest, I haven't. I don't really think of John like that. Yeah, he's a racer and he races hard, uh, but that's not my picture of him. I'm just being honest. Um, the overriding feeling for me for Joanne is he was, you know, on top of the world, going really good, got offered the KTM. It turned something terrible. And uh, it was career ending, really, you know, when he walked away from KTM. And to see him, I know what that's like, you know, to be on top of the world, then things don't go right, then you're not really, you feel like you're not really wanted. Someone throws a, a little, you know, life ring to him and to see him build it back to where he is now is really cool, you know. I'm super happy for him because I think he'll appreciate it even more second time around and make sure it works. Credit to him and credit to Ducati for putting the faith in him as well. Yes. Yeah, fantastic work. Well, we said we were going to talk about Paco Bagnaia. We'll be hearing from him uh, shortly. What did you make of Paco's race? From pole position, he was first into turn one. It sounds like he said to you in Park Ferme, he used just a bit too much of that tyre, though. Yeah, he said he had to balance it. He used it a little hard, and then he had to give it a rest and to try again. I, I'm really impressed with Paco's ride. I know he, didn't, uh, he wasn't the first Ducati there, but he's got a lot less experience, you know? He's... Um, Look, it's his second year, you know, and I think he did a brilliant ride. He, he, he pole position, then he's first and he led majority of the way, you know, until uh, till Maverick at the front. And um, he's still learning about managing tyres. He mentioned that in uh, Park Ferme. He's still learning, you know. He is a big danger. And it's why I said uh, last week that Jack has only got a small window before Pico's here permanently you know he's going to be uh, end up the number one rider yeah this is the moment of course that Mir had gone through on Zarco but lost it all into the last corner uh, and obviously that allowed with the Ducati power for Zarco and Pe Peko Bagnaia to take second and third spot but you have to you have to applaud the world champion for that ride that he, I thought he had we all thought he had second what a ride you know unbelievable I put money that there was going to be a Suzuki on the podium I thought it was going to be Rins 
And uh, yeah, brilliant ride. I think real shame, feel real sorry for him that he didn't get that last turn right and, and do it. Well, we'll be able to analyse a little bit more in a moment. But for now, the man that was on pole position here for the opening race of the season finished third and is now live with Matt. Over to you, Matt, with Peko Banyo. Yeah, thanks very much, Steve. Peko, I'm sure when you wake up tomorrow in your hotel room in Qatar and reflect on this weekend, there are so many positives to take from it. Your first pole position in MotoGP, you led for such a long time and you still finished on the podium after a great fight. So, so many positives after this weekend. Sure. Um, I think that we have started in the best way possible with the pole and uh, with uh, this podium. Because if I look at uh, last season, I struggled a lot, a lot of crashes in the, um, in the second part of the season. So starting again like this is uh, the best way possible. Uh, I'm very happy with the World Tour at home uh, in this winter because I was very focused on, uh, on improve myself to adapt better to this bike and uh, to improve on my gym session or uh, training session. So I did a, a step in front, and I'm happy. And I'm really happy with the work done with the, with the team because we worked a lot in the test. We have just done four days of test, and um, we have a ride prepared here. Now we have another race here next week, and uh, we have more data to look because it's really difficult work for the race during a weekend uh, here for uh, the sun that we have for the condition that we have, because just in the FP2 and FP4 you can work a bit, but if in the FP4, in the FP2, you have to enter in the, in the Q2, so you have to make the time attack. And um, in the FP4, uh, it's not the correct hour, so it's really difficult. And now that we have this data, uh, for sure, uh, we can improve more uh, in the second part of the race. Let's talk about the start from pole position. You got the dream start, led into the first corner and then did so much of the front running as well. It looked like, though, you were quite on the limit around sort of lap 14, 15. Was that the case? It looked like you were struggling, with, particularly with rear grip. Yeah, I started struggling with the rear grip. Uh, I was not expecting it because in the test or uh, in, uh, in uh, these days, I was not uh, having this type of problems. But uh, the conditions today were, dif were, different, were different. So I think it's normal that uh, uh, the grip have changed. Maybe if, I w if it was like yesterday, this pace uh, was good to win because uh, I was remaining over, uh, in 55.0.2. Uh, so they ch the conditions have changed. So this is the reason I think I struggled more. But, uh, I just can be happy with uh, the work done because it's a podium and uh, my second podium in the World Championship in my first ra race with this team, so nothing better. Yeah, as we said, so many positives. Just finally, Packer, before we let you go, I mean, it looked at one stage, all that hard work that you put in with pole position, it looked like you were going to just miss out on the podium. It was a very, very dramatic final corner. Talk us through that because you relied on that famous Ducati power just to take that third place. Yeah, I make, I make the best exit possible uh, to achieve this podium because uh, after a race like this, lose the podium like this was uh, not, not good. So I tried all to, to make the best exit possible and I make it. And it was impossible to not, don't overtake or uh, Joan or Joan both <laughs> uh, because I exit very, very, very well there. Uh, and I had to work on it because uh, 
if I make this type of exit, uh, every lap uh, was better for sure because I had a lot of traction and uh, uh, with used tire for sure it will be better to, to use the traction this way. So I have another point to, to work. To <laughs> it was work a great on. weekend for you, Paco. Your first pole position in MotoGP and the podium finish. I'm sure you're going to be fighting for the win again next weekend. Congratulations on tonight. Thank you very much. Back to you guys in the studio, Steve. Yeah, thanks very much, Matt. Uh, well done to Peko Banyai. He's going to take a lot of confidence, I'm sure, from that into next week as well. Like I was saying, he is relatively inexperienced, you know. He's learning every race, like he was saying, learning about the exits there. And, uh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be a worry again next week. And maybe he'll... I mean, Maverick played his almost perfect. If he'd got a better start, it would have been perfect. I think so did Peko. But Peko, I think, is... Because he's more inexperienced, he's going to learn more from this race and come back stronger in the next one, you know? We're not probably going to be able to try and dissect every single part of the race because the press conference will take part soon, but we'll try our very best. Um, fifth place uh, behind Juan Mir, who had a fantastic race, was Fabio Quattararo, who just seemed to struggle a little more with tyre life. Maverick looked like he was stronger from the early laps. Yes. Yep. You know, there was no... Yeah. And Alex Rins was very good at the start, but maybe just used up too much tyre trying to chase that front group. Exactly. I saw exactly the yeah. same. Um, I really want to talk to you about Jack Miller. Uh, I would imagine that Jack is bitterly disappointed with how today has gone. Yeah, and... You could look at it two ways. We could go, um, Jack obviously burned his tyres up, did, you know, didn't play his cards right in some way. But there's also, uh, we'll probably find out next week, there's also something could have happened. Yes. You know? yeah. So we genuinely don't know because Jack was as fast as uh, Joan and, um, and Banyaya, you know, yeah. Pico. So confusing. looking forward to hearing. The one that blew my mind, the first one, is, is uh, Aprilia really getting the result they needed. Yeah. They've shown the bike is good and Aleish can do it. Yeah. And then it's, for me, Bastianini and Tim. Wow, yeah, Mind blowing. Fantastic Unreal. ride. I mean, Jorge Martin, he must have wondered what on earth was going on when he came from 14th through to the... He was in third at one point. I'm so glad you brought it up because Jorge, I mean, he did a typical uh, awesome rookie ride. He got yeah. a magic start, something incredible start, wasn't it? Yeah. Third, fourth. Then... What are you going to do when you're in that position? His ride, stay, try and stay with the other Ducati boys, you know? He's, he's obviously hasn't got the same experience, has used some rubber and then streaked backwards, you know? Um, Bastianini's ride was quite, kind of the opposite, you know? bit more methodical in the beginning and just came on through unreal. Just ahead of Bastianini, Paolo Spargaro came on strong towards the end of the race, but ultimately paid for the qualifying position. I think there's more to come for sure. There is more to come from Paul. Um, the bitterly disappointing day as well for the Patronus Yamaha SRT. There must have been something that went wrong with Franco Morbidelli. Right from the beginning of the race, yes. he wasn't there. He was uh, down in 20th in no time, wasn't he? So and Valentino Rossi wrong. went back a bit. And, and also KTM, we already knew that they were struggling, um, but they'll be stronger next week. We've run out of time, Si. Miguel Oliveira was good, sorry. Yes, he was, yeah. Hey, we'll got, we've got all of next weekend. OK, to look chat forward to analyse it some more. We've got, we've got to go to the press conference now. Thanks for joining us. What an opening night it has been. Time for the press conference. Thanks to Matt Burt. Thanks to the top three. Thanks to Simon Crafart and from myself, Steve Day. I hope you enjoyed After the Flag and we'll be back here in just a few days from Doha.